Welcome to Indie Cider, where we go beyond the game and meet the developers behind today's indie hits. Hello, this is Ken Gagney with this week's Indie Cider, and I'll be speaking momentarily with the developers of Shelter 2, a game from Might and Delight, based out of Stockholm, Sweden, released on March 9th, 2015, for Steam, that being PC, Mac, and Linux, for a cost of $15. This game is the sequel to the 2013 titled Shelter, in which you play as a mother badger trying to keep your cubs alive in the wild. This is a survival game. The sequel is as well, except with many changes, including that you are no longer playing as a cub, you are playing as a lynx, L-Y-N-X, the cat, not the type that you find on the World Wide Web. And also, it is a far less linear experience than the original title. This is an open-world game. Your main goal while playing as a lynx is to feed your cubs by hunting down rabbits and the occasional deer for bigger game and for smaller game, voles, frogs, and eggs. Since a lynx is higher up on the food chain than a badger is, there are very few enemies you have to be concerned about, mostly just wolves here and there. It is more a game about exploration and empathy, if you can call it that, with your cubs, your kitten. You get to name each one of your kits and then they follow you around as you play from an over-the-shoulder perspective, walking around throughout the world and noticing that the world seems to be as alive as you are. The environment seems to ebb and flow as if it was more liquid than solid, and even the textures seem to have a sort of patch-like quilt work feel to them. You can explore mountains, swamp, summer and winter, day and night, slowly evolving and gaining new abilities such as a sense of smell that basically turns the entire screen black and white except for any potential prey which is outlined in red, thus making them easier to spot. Hunting them just means running over them. There's no swiping, no attacking. Just a simple collision will put the prey into your mouth dead as a doornail, ready for you to drop down in front of your cubs and watch them feed. As your kits grow bigger and older, they eventually go off on their own, and the game will actually keep a family tree so that if your mother lynx should pass away, or should you just simply wish to start a new game, you can continue playing as one of your former cubs now all grown up. I never played the original Shelter, I bought the sequel with my own dime, but the publisher did later, after conducting this interview, give me a Steam code for the original for me to compare and contrast the two, and I'm looking forward to doing so. Follow me on Twitter at GameBits for more info about these games, and if you want to see Shelter 2 being played, you can get this interview with gameplay footage on my YouTube channel at IndieCider.net slash YouTube. But since you're currently listening to the audio version, you must be a fan, and I encourage you to express that by leaving a review in iTunes if you would, indecider.net slash iTunes. Or send your feedback privately if you prefer to share it in that medium by emailing feedback at indecider.net. In the meantime, here's my interview with Mr. Anders Weston of Might and Delight. Today I'm speaking with Mr. Anders Weston, the CEO of Might and Delight, producers of Shelter 2. Hello, sir. Hello there. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm um, good, thanks. Great. I'm fairly new to the indie scene. Unfortunately, I didn't have the opportunity to play the original Shelter, but I've been enjoying Shelter 2. I understand the first game featured a badger as the main character, and now, of course, this time I'm playing as the Lynx. What made you decide to go from the badger specifically to the Lynx of all the creatures in the animal kingdom? Uh, that, that was a, <laughs> a long process now of conversations between me and um, the art director of the company, uh, Jacob. Uh, but we uh, we had little, like small elements of, of hunt in Shelter 1, and we thought that that was uh, 
fun. <laughs> so we wanted to do Predator, but we didn't want a Predator that was sort of top of the food chain. Lynx felt like a like a very capable Predator, but uh, still, it has enemies. The only enemies I've encountered so far in Shelter 2 are the wolves. Are there other dangers I need to be watching out for? Uh, there is, uh, there is, uh, an, uh, it's uh, <laughs> uh, we call it the fog here. Uh, a, a lot of people that plays the game call it the night, uh, but it's uh, a mist-like enemy that is uh, quite scary. I actually did encounter that at one point, and I wasn't quite clear what was happening. I was near the river when it happened, and I wasn't sure if maybe the river was overflowing and I was about to drown. It was rather Silent Hill-like. It was rather scary, as you said. Yeah, it's. Uh... You can see it when it comes at you because it's like a a wall of darkness that that approaches you. And if you go in the other direction, you're you're fine. But as, as, but if you're sort of engulfed in it, it's then you better stay still. So between this enemy of the mist and also near the beginning of the game, as you pan the camera up into the sky, you can see various constellations. There seems to be a certain ethereal quality to certain aspects of the game. Is it drawing on any particular? cultural heritages or myths like for example the game never alone did it does uh, i i can't say that, that the constellations do they are more an homage to our first game pid the, where you collected constellations in the game but uh, if you look at uh, the patterns in the textures they are uh, actually uh, knit russian knitting patterns that are sort of slammed up on the textures in the game i noticed that the game has a very patchwork quality to it where i i can walk through certain environments like the bushes and the trees but even as i'm walking around them or through them it seems to be alive the way it's ebbing and flowing like the whole world is alive well thank you (laughs) what made you decide to go with that particular art style is this how you think links see the world no i mean we we had the um, I mean, if you if you play the original Shelter, the 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 art style is pretty much the same. Uh, obviously, we've done alterations between like the, the first game and the second game, but uh, art style for us is almost always uh, a framework because we're a very small studio. So uh, we thought it was. I mean, we could do a photorealistic forest, but it would be a very small forest because <laughs> we don't have like the, the graphical manpower to do that. Uh, so it was more interesting to do an abstraction of a forest. And, and that's how this art style came alive. And as a result of it being a larger forest, I've had the opportunity to explore more of it in this open world style. It reminded me a little bit of the book Watership Down with the rabbits just searching for a den or a mm. warren. Uh, have you read that book or seen that movie? <laughs> I must admit that I haven't. <laughs> uh, uh, I, no worries, I do recommend it though. No, so, I, I will look at well, KK, what, what was the name of it? Watership Down by Richard Adams. Okay, I will. I will check it out. <laughs> <laughs> so this game, as you said, it has a large world, and that's something that's also new to Shelter Two. And because, as I understand, Shelter One was more of a linear experience, and this one is more of an open world. Yeah, I mean, Shelter One was pretty much on rails. How did you populate this new open world to make sure that there was enough for people to see and do and to keep their attention? Were you concerned that they would just sort of wander and get lost? Mm, I mean, it's pretty all right to wander and get lost in shelter. It doesn't really have a purpose. You you never have to be in a specific place in the game. It's uh, it's more you follow the food, I guess. 
and the food is mainly rabbits <laughs> and occasionally some larger yeah some deer and uh, and and you can have frogs and little mice and, and stuff when you chose to have a lynx as your main character in this game what sort of modeling did you do either visually about how lynx moves or behaviorally regarding how lynx operate in the wild uh we we kicked the game production off by going to the zoo <laughs> and uh, and uh, watch them alive uh, and then, I mean, obviously, I mean, you look at uh, sort of YouTube clips from people who has had the opportunity to film them in the live and, and uh, stuff like that. Was it, was it important to make the game realistic in that sense? You mentioned the Russian patchwork quality to the look. What about the, you know, the AI or the behavior? Was that uh, similar to the aesthetic or was it operating on a different standard? Basically, we're doing entertainment, so it's not a it's not a simulator in that sense. Uh, we we want it to feel believable uh, more than realistic, I guess. Oh, that's an interesting distinction: believable versus realistic. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is not an animal simulator, what would you call it exactly? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, it's, it's probably a good way to describe it. <laughs> I've heard some people call it a survival game, an open world yeah. survival game. Yeah, you can call it. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I always find it really difficult to put these sort of uh, undertitles or <laughs> to sort of make it into a genre. It's uh, for us, it's a it's a one and a half hour piece of entertainment. Is that how long it takes to raise a family of links to adulthood? Yeah, uh, approximately. You can you can make it a little longer, but you you can't make it faster than that, I guess. Oh, I must be doing something wrong then. My links are still quite small. Uh, but they, they they grow up really quickly in the end. <laughs> so. And that's one of the things that I've seen be a draw for this game. The positive reviews for Shelter Two on Steam often mention how emotionally attached the players grow to their cubs or their kittens. What's what sort of design decisions did you make to ensure that the player has that emotional attachment? Yeah, we 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 have we have balanced that a lot a lot during production. We had a lot of we had we we had this thought when we started to make this game that it would be cool if you had to eat yourself. So you have to make a distinction between yourself and the cubs. And for a long time we had that, but when we we tested it on people that didn't work here. They stopped caring about the cubs and just fed themselves. <laughs> so, uh, so we we have we still have you. I mean, you can still eat and you 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 gain more stamina if you eat something. But it's you can play it without eating anything in the entire playthrough. Uh, but that was due to the fact that that it was more interesting to make the player care about the cubs than yourself. Well, I guess anybody who's willing to become a parent is willing has to be ready to make some sort of sacrifice. Uh, indeed. <laughs> also on Steam, there are some reviews by people who don't have that emotional attachment. They were looking more for an action game where they're going hunting and they're pulling down enemies. Yeah, well, you, you can't please everyone. It's it's always like that. It's it's uh, journalists in general have been quite mean to us this time. But but uh, if you look at the user reviews on Steam, most of them are very pleased with the game. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we 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 still wanna. I mean, we wanted the the hunt to be fun, but it's uh, it's it's not the key element of the game. The key element is to to raise your kids. Yeah, that is a distinction I too have noticed. The distinct uh, the difference between user reviews and journalistic reviews. It's quite apparent by comparing Steam and Metacritic that 
players are enjoying this game and so-called professionals may not be, which is odd, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, it was... Uh, I mean, they, the, the critics in general liked Shelter 1 better, I guess. Um, and I don't know why, but I mean, uh, <laughs> they're entitled to their opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are... Uh, we are very pleased with this uh, launch anyway. <laughs> so. And Shelter 1 came out in 2013. So Shelter 2, was it in development for about the last year and a half since the original? Uh, no, it was more like one year. Uh, we uh, we decided to do a second, uh, second shelter after a very successful Christmas sale uh, on Steam. Uh, because then we saw that now, now we actually have an audience to make a second game before we didn't have that. So, so we did other stuff that ended up being nothing for the for the, that other six months. <laughs> and one of the nice things about this game, as far as audience goes, is that it's not very dependent on language. It's more about empathy and emotion, so you don't have to do a lot of translation to make it available in different markets. Yeah, we have a little bit more uh, translation to do this time. I mean, if if you play Shelter 1, there's basically none. Uh, but uh, now we have a, some that we, we, we've managed to put it out in several languages, and we are we are translated it into more as as we speak. Do you think you'll continue this line of not animal simulators, but games that feature animals as main characters? Will there be a Shelter Three or a spin-off? Uh, yes, <laughs> I don't know if it will be a Shelter Three, but there, there will be spin-offs, and 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 uh, it's. Uh, it's too interesting not to do something with it because there are so many. I mean, if you watch any episode of Planet Earth or something, there's so many good stories, and 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 and, and I I really want to do more of that. Yeah, animals seem to be very popular these days, and there are a variety of genres of games that feature them. Of course, there's Goat Simulator, which is sort of a a buggy parody of games. There's yeah. Bear Simulator was on Kickstarter a year ago next month, and it got over $100,000. Oh. There, se- there seems to be a demand for people who want to play as games. Even on Twitter, uh, one of my followers, Ash Dryden, said that she will buy all your games as long as she can keep playing as animals. Okay. <laughs> we shall keep that in mind then. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, but I, I think, I mean, it's... it's, uh, it's uh, I mean, if, if you look at, uh, like... Like like all the like BBC series about animals, they have like huge audiences, and you have Animal Planet. I mean, a, a channel solely dedicated to animals, and 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 all. And there there are like a like a good entertainment value in 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 what's happening in in nature because animals are interested in the fact that they're so adapt to what they do and so well designed in 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 their specific place in this universe, which is. To me, very interesting. If you could be any animal, what would you be? Uh, I don't know. Probably a dog or a cat. So I would be very domestic. <laughs> <laughs> you just want the easy life. Somebody feeding you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no wonder there's no not much hunting. You don't want to go hunting. <laughs> uh, no, no. I, 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 I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I'm very pleased with having a very civilized and comfortable life. <laughs> mm. No, I can appreciate that. Excellent. Yeah. Are we going to see Shelter 2 on other platforms or devices? It seems like something that could be adapted to, for example, the iPad. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it, it depends. We we haven't done anything for iPad, and, and uh, App Store, to me, seems like a very difficult uh, platform to uh, get any attention on because there's so many apps out every day. 
Uh, so maybe, <laughs> but I, I think we rather look into consoles than than App Store. And are you looking into consoles? Uh, we are, but it's a slow process, and and we'll we, we're probably not going to do the port ourselves if if we are, <laughs> because we we are making new stuff here now. I think one of the challenges with porting it to mobile is that there seems to be a race to the bottom to sell games for as cheaply as possible, and Shelter Two, which has a uh, non-sale price of $15 on Steam would probably have to be heavily discounted to be competitive in the iOS market. Yeah, it's probably like $1 or something like that. Funny. Right, and there's this challenge to balance what a game will sell at versus what a game is actually worth. Did you enjoy the game yourself? I did enjoy the game. I I wasn't quite sure what to expect because I haven't played the first Shelter, but I did like it. I liked the art style. I'm not too much of a keyboard and mouse person, so I had Mm. a little bit of trouble with the controls, especially when hunting the rabbits because they just move so quickly. Mm. Uh, But I found adjusting my mouse sensitivity made that a little bit easier. And I very much enjoyed the exploration. There was one point where I found a tree up on a hill and it was surrounded with a rocky perimeter, so it seemed very defensible, and I could see a lot, and I felt like that would make a good den, and I think it was some sort of a landmark on my map, because when I push M, it shows up. Oh, okay. But I wasn't quite sure how how to settle there. Like, I wasn't sure how to make that my new home, if I could. I don't think you can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, we... We are thinking of of making expansions of Shelter Two, and 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 the different dens are one of the things we talked about. So in the uh, in the original game that I played, there's only the one den. Yeah. Okay. There's only one den. Yeah, I would like to see that. I know that's a very different kind of game, but this War of Mine came out with DLC that lets you start in different shelters. Mm. essentially, and I think having different starting points or just different places you can move to would give a sense of uh, progress. Yeah, yeah, that's... But it's one, it's like, as I say, it's one of the things that we are thinking of. But it's so many when, when if you make a movie uh, or a TV series or something, it's it's changing things like that is easy. But it's such a like a house of cards. If you pull one thing, everything else breaks when, when you change stuff in game. Right, I I can appreciate that. I've never developed a game of this scale myself, but I can just imagine that you can't make changes willy nilly. You have to consider the big picture. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's. it's I, yeah. <laughs> like I said, I've enjoyed playing Shelter 2, and I very much appreciate your time. Can you remind our listeners where to find you or your company online? Yeah, it's uh, mightandlight.com. Very good. Uh, where does the name of that come from, Might and Delight? It reminds me of the old computer games Might and Magic, which is very different from Shelter. It is. Uh, I that was a long process. We we made lists of of uh, names that we liked and didn't like, and. Someone said Delight, and we said that that is a fantastic name. We need to do something with Delight. And then we had like 50 different combinations with Delight, and we ended up with Might and Delight. Excellent. And you are based out of Sweden, is that correct? Yeah, in Stockholm. Oh, very good. Well, thank you for navigating the time zones to find time to speak with me. I very much appreciate it. Oh, thank you too. This has been Indie Cider, a GameBits production. Find more episodes, read our blog, or send feedback at IndieCider.net.